Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and complain about its complex adaptation, <laughs> Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. Why do critics give this show a pass? Kylie, and here with me today are Julia. Hello. Caroline. Hi, everybody. And joining us is Fundamentals contributor Musa. Hello. Woo. The four of us write for thefundamentals.com, the website for fundamentally sound fandom analysis, also the home of Game of Thrones criticisms, Hooray. which apparently is now just commonplace. Everyone's doing it, but we, we did, it first. did it first. Yeah. We did it before it was cool. <laughs> if you like what we have to say not just about game of thrones but maybe in life you might want to consider supporting our website and becoming a fundamentals plus subscriber for just three dollars a month which is yes that's right less than a latte you can become a subscriber to fundamentals plus where you get access to store discounts and exclusive articles and exclusive podcasts and exclusive hangouts exclusively uh uh uh-huh that is a lot of exclusivity If people want to join, just navigate on over to thefundamentals.com and on the homepage, you will see a little FM Plus button. Okay, now that that was out of the way, we are on the podcast Unabashed Book Snobbery, and we actually have quite a number of new listeners each episode during throne season. Do we? So, yeah. So, Julia, how would you describe this podcast? Go. Um, we sit and talk about what we thought for the, of the episode for about an hour or so, but we like draw on like the years and years and years of in jokes and complex criticisms that we've developed. So it's great that you jumped in on this episode. I'm sure you'll understand everything we say. One of the in jokes that we will not translate for you. So we just have to say it up front is that we refer to Cersei Lannister as (laughs) Cheryl and Jamie Lannister as Larry. Mm -hmm. And it's super hilarious, but it's actually to the point where my brain is broken and I can't think of that character as Cersei anymore. 
Uh, As some- evidenced on a phone call to my coworker <laughs> named Cheryl when we were talking about Game of Thrones, and I still called Cersei Cheryl. So amazing. Um, something that I realized today while I was talking to a few people um, who uh, are kind of like Kylie was in the middle of the fourth season. It's it's beautiful to see. Um, um, hey, low blow. <laughs> hey, you got here. You're here. It was a journey. Um, we all got here. Is that. Kind of um, what you'll probably notice about us is that we've lost the ability to consider this show as a story. Like the term is uh, Watsonian analysis. We've kind of don't have that ability anymore. So Watsonian analysis is considering the story like within the story itself, like how Watson would solve a uh, Sherlock Holmes mystery as opposed to Arthur Conan Doyle, which would be a journalist perspective, how he would solve the mystery kind of outside the story. So you won't hear us talking. Yes. You won't hear us talking a lot <laughs> about like, you know, the character's feelings or like their motivations because like they don't have any, the scales have fallen from our eyes at some point, right. And, all we can see is the writer's motivations and what the writers are trying to say. <laughs> I kind of forgot that that's jarring because when yeah. I was talking to Cheryl, my coworker today, she was like talking about how Sansa must have felt. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Totes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot about I kind of forgot about that. Thank you. That's a really good introductory note. Yeah, because Thanks. like... All these people at the gym today who are usually talking about how awesome the episode were, were saying different things this week. And they were like, I don't understand why the Night King is dead already. And why I was just is like, this night different from all other nights? Because once was a you long were unsullied night. and now you are free. <laughs> once, <laughs> once you were unsullied and now you are free. It wasn't even that long of a night, was it? It was like it was an all-nighter. I've done worse for college. Mm. They had worse. So one thing I, I think I should warn about this particular podcast is that I'm guessing it's going to be likelier one of the book snobbiest episodes we've had in a while. Oh, yeah. 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 If I had to predict. That's fair. Because we've been off the books for quite some time in this show, and I think this is the first time that it's really relevant to begin talking about George R. R. Martin's The Song of Ice and Fire again. Oh, yeah. I also want to preface just by saying maybe it's because I don't consider this show at a Watsonian level anymore. I think fucking loved this episode i am here for all of it so we'll talk but i just like if you guys are expecting me to be very wanky about it i'm not i adored the entire thing including the final moment oh, don't worry i am wanky I'm enough for all of us right now the one thing i will say for this episode i think this is the first time they've actually managed to shock me yeah yeah all right so a lot of our listeners do not watch the show because lol <laughs> So for that, we have Shira Shinobi, a character from Legend of Korra, here to recap the events. So Take it away, Shira. Uh, <clears throat> um, this week on Game of Thrones. Our heroes stay awake through an all-nighter as they face off against the army of the dead. Everyone's all set when Melisandre shows up. With her fire magic, she lights up the Dothraki's weapons, who then go charging headfirst into the dead troops. They nearly all die, though Jorah successfully retreats because he is a character we recognize. <laughs> Upset by this turn of events, Danny emotionally and not logically hops on Drogon to light up the right whites, rather than waiting for the Night's King to show up as had been planned. John follows her, and though they're able to kill some dead guys, a sudden snowstorm forces them to retreat upwards on their dragon 
Prince. It's at this point as Arya gives her bizarrely out-in-the-open sister an obsidian dagger and tells her to go into the crypts. What was she doing there? Sansa does just that, however, where she proceeds to bond with Tyrion about how the only thing that would have broken up this awesome power couple, as they say together, was his loyalty to Daenerys. Well, Sansa, I can think of a few other things. The army of the dead, meanwhile, advances even closer to the castle, but the wise fighters of Winterfell finally built some trenches and lined them with wooden spikes. After a few failed attempts to light the wood with arrows and torches, where was that Yorokai from Helm's Deep we needed them? Melisandre casts one more fire spell, creating a ring of fire to protect everyone. Yet the wily Night King instructs his whites to form a pile of bodies across the spikes as a bridge for the other zombies. To make a long battle short, the whites end up climbing the walls and breaking through the gate of the castle fairly quickly. Lyanna Mormont, the gate commander, for reasons, is brutally crushed to death by the white giant, although she manages to stab him in the eye with dragon glass on her way out. That was necessary to see! Dolores Ed dies protecting Sam. Meanwhile, Arya puts her stick-hitting skills to use against the zombies. She somehow ends up inside the castle, sneaking away from them straight out of a video game, and is saved by the buzzer by Beric Dondarrion and the Hound. They fight their way into a room where Mel is. Beric dies, having apparently fulfilled his purpose in life, being a tank. Mel gives Arya a pep talk, telling her she's going to keep on killing. Arya runs off. Meanwhile, outside, it's a dragon-filled mid-air fight! John and the Night King both get thrown from their respective dragons, but when Danny blasts the Night King full-on in the face with Drogon's fire, nothing happens! Secret Targaryen confirmed! But things only go from bad to worse as the Night King raises all of the fallen Winterfell fighters, and that includes their Stark ancestors and Maester Lewin for reasons <laughs> in the crypts. Lots of zombie stuff happens, I really don't know, and at some point, John finds himself needing to hide from the undead Viserion. Danny is forced off a dragon into a field of whites with only Jorah to protect her. Sansa and Tyrion have to contemplate fighting in the crypts, and Jamie and Brienne get overwhelmed in their position by what looks like a wave of whites. Theon and his men manage to hold the whites off from Bran, but it's game over when the White Walkers of the Night's King arrives in the Godswood. Bran tells Theon he is a good man and forgiven, and then Theon promptly charges the Night's King to his doom. We cut to all our heroes at once. All hope seems entirely lost, when literally, and I mean literally out of nowhere, Arya lunges through the air, pulls off one of Rey's lightsaber moves, and stabs the Night King with her Valerian steel dagger. Or Littlefinger Tiger, it's not important. The army of the dead melts. Meld takes off a necklace and keels over as an old dead woman, and the battle is over. Uh, what will happen next? Uh, we will definitely have to keep watching to find out <laughs> on this season of Game of Thrones. <sighs> wow, you know something? I was thinking, like, this is a long episode. It's going to be take a while to recap. But that was a really short recap because really not a lot happened. I mean, there's only, like, so much detail I can give of zombies swarming. Yeah. yeah. Right, really. Especially since you could never figure out what the fuck's happening on the screen. So after finishing this episode, immediately a friend of mine and I were, like, like texting about it. And my immediate response was, the long night, fucking over. The War for the Dawn, fucking long. <laughs> Azora High, who? You mean Arya motherfucking Spark? Who was clearly destined to be the one to destroy the Night King? 
why the hell was John even resurrected in the first place? What the fuck was the point of that? And why was were dragons even necessary? Because they did all of nothing throughout the entire episode. <laughs> really, uh, I think See, the, favorite- the real important part of John's magical. Yeah. The really important part of John's magical destiny is that he has to sit on a chair because that's his price. <laughs> Obviously, that's more well, important than uh, anything else. I also have to love that they tried to totally pretend that scene with Melisandre and Arya seeded this, even though they definitely decided oh, afterwards yeah, no. yeah. that Arya would oh, kill yeah. But apparently three years ago. Well, this is, I, I can't remember what the word is. It's not It's not quite lampshading. It's... um. It's like w- weird backstory. It's kind of it's like when it's, kind of, it's a callback, is what is it, it is. But, it's well, the, yeah. this is this is the example I can think of in Harry Potter. Um, you know, J.K. Rowling didn't come up with this shit about the Horcruxes till much later on, and she was like, "Oh, that diary in book two was totally a Horcrux." Yeah, yeah. And it's like it it happened to fit because like the canon of her world happened to work out, but it was, it was yeah. obvious that that was come up with later. So it was yeah. like, yes, Mel did tell Arya she would close blue eyes, sure, but. That was clearly not the intention. It's of clearly that just a list of eye colors. Yeah, it's it's right. retroactively inserting something into your story, right. and then being like, "It was there the whole time." But the thing is, that also makes Mel like, what was she doing following Stannis for two more years? What was she doing following John around? Why did she go be a shipper on Dragonstone if she saw yeah, that Arya could kill the Night's King? What did she know? She had to first hook John and Danny up so that then they would both be in this position, like. The entire destiny of the world has to revolve around the fact that Arya has to be in this one place at this one time in order to kill the Night King. Yeah. Because otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it makes absolutely no sense. But then, like, oh. w- like, what about, like, all the other characters with magical destinies that we've been told about for eight years now? Beric got to throw his flaming sword at some zombies. <sighs> But it's clear that Mel went to Essos to, like, a library where she could look through ancient texts to find out that fire spell. That's clearly where she was. And she, she oh, took a really fast horse there. I really like how they, they seeded the, um, her ability to light the trenches by having her light things 15 minutes earlier in the same episode. Yeah. That was really good seeding. <laughs> they did. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility for her to have that power. It's just, like, it's the first time we've ever yeah. seen it. Which is a problem. Seen her light other people on fire with. Well, it, it does, right. like... In in the defense of the episode, it did seem like it was quite a stretch for her to do. She looked like she was working hard to do that. Yeah, she was like, it was like she was poop straining. She was like yeah. really like pushing there. But okay, t- just to back up for a second, I'm sorry for that analogy. I don't know where it came from. But <laughs> this episode, some people loved it. I loved it. But Who loved a it? lot of mainstream <laughs> critics... It is, it is. Hated it. Like the Washington, the Washington Post ripped it. The Washington Post sounds exactly like you did in the middle of season four, Kylie. <sighs> okay, uh, you know what? That that insult's not gonna get. No, any that's better, not an really. insult. It's not. It's it's of like it's hope. This is hope in my voice because like the critic from the Washington Post, whose name is escaping me at the moment, um, she said her last paragraph is exactly like one of your last paragraphs. I remember it was like, um. This is concerning, but we have to have faith that these show writers know what they're doing and they're going to surprise us in the end. They're going to somehow make this work. (laughs) Like, you said exactly the same thing. So hopefully by the end of the season, she'll be one of us. (laughs) I mean, what satisfying conclusion is going to be in there with Cersei and Euron? I mean, like, okay, so if you didn't watch the episode... (laughs) 
<laughs> if you didn't watch the episode, the like inescapable implication of it is that the next three episodes, which are all like extra length episodes, uh-huh. are all going to be dealing with Cheryl. I actually think one of them is 60 minutes because last night was an 80 minute episode, but at least two of them are feature length. So yeah. yeah. So the bulk of the season really is going to be dealing with more squabbling over the Iron Throne. So is that what upset people truly? That or is it just definitely that- what upset me. <laughs> well, I, this is something I think that they, they've missed the whole time. So, and this mm-hmm. kind of starts in the beginning. They named the show Game of Thrones. They didn't yeah. name the show A Song of Ice and Fire. And like, that yeah, been, it's a we should have known moment for sure. Exactly. That that was, was the big first giant red flag is that they, they missed the point because the title title of the, the first book being Game of, A Game of Thrones is sort of cheeky in that it's like the whole point is that who's sitting on the Iron Throne doesn't fucking matter. It's one of those like, this is a political game and there's a much bigger picture, the Song of Ice and Fire, that's the magical destiny that matters. And the fact that they've put uh, they've subjugated the magical destiny story to the game of thrones story shows that they're, no, they're it, full on misunderstanding of the yeah, entire they, series it was just like something annoying they have to get out of the way right and it, like like my i think my least favorite moment in the episode and there's a lot of them are when <laughs> the white walkers are like just straight up like strolling into winterfell and they're just dudes they're just yeah, dudes they in silicon masks yeah. and that's it it's the the White Walkers did absolutely nothing in this episode worth commenting on. Honestly, it's just that the expectations that o- audience members had was that these are your arc villains, and dealing with them will be the ultimate resolution to yeah. the series. And the fact that you don't mm-hmm. get yeah. that is upsetting to people. It's the only appropriate resolution. Yeah, because it's the saving the world plotline. As opposed to the political exactly. machinations plotline, which really doesn't matter in the long term because everyone's going to be dead anyway. But now that they've right. already resolved the uh, apocalypse. Which is what they've been saying. Like, we've been yelling at Sansa for the past couple episodes. <laughs> but like. <sighs> I guarantee you, Sansa is not going to be vindicated by the fact that she still was no. concerned with the political situation in the North. She's going to be vindicated by the fact that she's going to take Tyrion back. Uh. Okay, you you know who is fucking vindicated by this episode? Cheryl. Yeah. Because her plan worked out great. They picked off the army of the dead for her. They lost a good amount of their troops. And now Cheryl is in a much safer position. But they lost every single one of their mounted units. That's for sure. Oh. Can we talk? All right, all right. Let's talk about the battle strategy. And this, guy, I guess, it kind of gets back to the beginning. What battle strategy? Are we talking about this exactly. like in chronological order? Or are we just like what randomly bitching? <laughs> um. Okay, so all, their entire cavalry just charged into the abyss and never came back, and that was it. <laughs> that was their did strategy. Did they even come back as whites? I don't remember. No, they seeing don't. Any. There were no, no yeah, one. They did. There was, were there did people they? on horses? There were. Yeah, there were. Doth, there were Dothraki uh, whites at the end, but they weren't a horse. Okay, they were just walking. But then, what is the point? Yeah, that was only after they were raised. Um, so cavalry is very good at riding roughshod over foot soldiers. Yes, but. There had been no scoping to understand how many troops there were in the Army of the Dead, right? Like, mm-hmm. there had been no scouting. Yeah, yeah, and they literally drove into the darkness, which was right. the blackest darkness and then, there was. And, but, but, for, but for Mel randomly porting north and appearing there, they would yeah. have ridden into the darkness with no fire or anything. They would have just ridden into the darkness with their regular old arcs. <laughs> and been, like, super fucked. Like, so what was this? Swords? Uh, yeah. yeah, they didn't even call the barracks. Yeah, but like, wh- uh, to me, 
have them on the flanks so they can drive in if the whites get close. The other thing, also, first of all, I have to love that Mel showed up to give the set lighting because she was just like, <laughs> what? What are you doing? She's like, this is too dark and full of terrors for me. I gotta get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so the Dothraki just become fodder because, sure, let's just eviscerate this cultural group fine. And Danny gets so like, mad. They already did that once. <laughs> right. Danny gets so mad that she goes on her dragon to burn the whites, which is like the literally most obvious thing you can do in this position. Yeah. And everyone's like, it's it's framed as this like big mistake. John being like, no, we we have to wait here for the Night's King. Like what? What's the stupid dialogue that I have is like the Night's King is coming and she's like the dead are already here. It's like yeah, but what does that mean? What does that mean? If, the, if they were really trying to survive until the Night's King shows themselves, why did they have any units in front of the walls at all? Exactly. Yeah. Like, why yeah, were they even seriously. out there? Stay behind the castle walls. They're probably magic. <laughs> what is no one? No one in this whole show understands. The power of hiding behind your castle walls. Ramsay <laughs> didn't do it. No, everyone's yeah. like, I'm going to meet them in the open field for what? Shits and Their giggles? entire what? army was just standing out there on foot. That is basically. <laughs> yeah. And I think the problem is that so few of your main actors are good enough at riding horses that you have to put them mm-hmm. on foot. And it just ends up making them look ridiculous. Why are there so many so-called <laughs> knights who are not a horse. Why is Jorah the only one who has the foresight to ride a horse in this season? I have another question. Yeah. So, apparently the fact that Jon is riding on a dragon now is so, like, prosaic that nobody's reacted to it at all? Yeah, it's true. Why would we we care about uh, another dragon rider? He he barely reacted to it. He was just like, oh, that was a fun joyride. (laughs) So there's just, like, nobody is like, oh, how interesting. Could they have made fucking saddles? Anything? The first time <sighs> Hiccup tried to ride Toothless, he at least, like, had a belt. Like, how did they stay on during the dragon dogfight? I mean, okay, they didn't, because yeah. even the Night's King got tossed from Viserion. And fun fact, Jon's hair doesn't move either. But <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's less noticeable because his hair isn't as long as whatever the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the wig that Amelia Clark wears for this series. Yeah. Wait, wait. Wait, battle tactics, battle tactics. Mel lights up the trench, and then yeah. the army of the dead. I think stops. the implication is that like Danny was supposed to do that, but she yes, couldn't because, because she was all emotional. Davos was signaling to Danny specifically, but she couldn't see the signal. But she no. couldn't see through but the. John she couldn't see through the was storm, literally yeah. just sitting on yeah. the battlements, right behind <laughs> where the trenches were. He could see what was going on, and he could see that the trenches weren't lit. And he has a dragon. I guess he doesn't know the Drakkar's trick yet. I honestly think the torches and okay. the arrows were supposed to light it, but because the winter storm had come, they just couldn't? That, that's how I saw that. Yeah. No, I thought that they had pre-planned. No, because the, da- Davos, was, Davos, was Davos was doing the yeah. airplane signaling thing for Danny. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like he was oh my God. Like okay. an air traffic controller in that scene like with the way he yeah. was waving the <laughs> And this is why he's still alive. But I want to say, so the trench gets lit and the uh-huh. army of the dead stops attacking for a minute. And then they just stare at each other. Like, the yeah. dragons don't try to light them up right then. No one is firing a catapult. No one is firing arrows. They're just, like, staring, like, your move, dead guys. Mm-hmm. And then the Night's King comes and makes the little, like, 
bridge with the bodies. Why weren't you firing? What were you doing? Yeah, and if, if you look at the very beginning of the battle, outside of the walls, they have those giant catapult doodads that throw smoldering boulders of some kind. Yes. Outside the walls. Outside the walls. Yeah. They actually had trebuchets this time around. Did they put any babies in them and fling them? No. <laughs> Flaming Jamie babies. Fling a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, terrible. They they breached the walls so fucking yeah. quickly. Like you guys also, okay. Okay. I get that Liana Mormont is super empowered. Why she was in charge of the gate. Like given charge of the one gate into Winterfell. Yeah. There is no one slightly more seasoned than Liana fucking Mormont. I mean, Brienne <laughs> was busy with the left flank, so, you know. Yeah. Last episode, when she said that she was going to be with the troops, I, like, assumed it was, like, you know, Joffrey drank Blackwater. He was, like, you know, going to be visible and raise morale. But she meant actually in charge. And she went actually fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the Lyanna death, honestly, like, when I first watched it, I was, like, very cringe and, like, why do we always kill children? Mm. In retrospect, I wouldn't have minded it so much if more other people had died. Yeah. You know? It's like, if there had been more of a wipeout, I would have been like, okay, this is part of the wipeout. Because, I mean, kids die when battles happen, and she's in like, a very exposed, poor position. Yeah, but, I mean, definitely, like, you know, boys who were squires that age died all the time in battles like that. Right, and yeah. it's like, she's, she, I mean, she, but then, then you look at things like, she died, but Sam lived. She died, yeah. but one-handed Jamie survived. You know, it's like, there, there's an issue because there's not a sort of equivalency. Did the Shireen replacement die? No, she's no, she fine. Did. No, yeah, she's good. Okay. We saw her at the end. Right. Like, I, only I could not follow what the fuck was going on. Only red shirts died in the crypts. No one we okay. knew. No one. Yeah, you're right. <sighs> Varys didn't die. Gilly didn't die. No one. Baby Sam's fine. Or well, Varys still has to die in this strange continent. Strange country. Uh, eventually, but I Was that what she said? Yeah. Oh yes. Country, I oh. think. Yeah. Okay. Country. It was something real weird. Um <laughs> I think the issue with Liana's death, because I didn't even know how to react to it at first, it's just, it, it would have been fine if it hadn't obviously been focusing on look how gross and messed up it is that we did it this way. Like, okay, yeah, she got to stab the giant, whatever, but it was just so viscerally uncomfortable to hear her crunch, and we didn't have anyone else's death really slow down like that. Yeah. Not even Theon's, I don't think, took that long. And I mean, it's just Theon's like, death was in slow motion, though. Yeah, I guess. that's. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Theon had just, at the last second, thrown his sword. Spear. Boom, Theon wins. He's the Zora High. <laughs> but what, what, what weapon was he using? Was he using something that spear? could actually It was him? a dragon bow spear. It was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which are, like, yeah, all the pretty weapons good on dragon for glass throwing. Or Apparently everyone, good job Gendry, everyone had Obsidian. Everyone. Yeah. Like, wow, very effective. He's been working nonstop when he's not having sex. Yeah. <laughs> I have a slightly stupid That's question. That's why he fell asleep so fast. Yeah. There's no stupid questions for this episode. <laughs> okay, but why was there only one giant in the army of the dead? We've clearly seen... In, in last episode, we, saw, we saw multiple giants in the big, wide walking shots of... The army of the dead in the past. Yeah, we did. So, like, there was only I'll tell, one. I'll tell you why. This... We know it's because of the CGI budget, Carol. We know, <laughs> but, you know, but I'll tell you more specifically, it's because Ghost was also in the episode. Uh. <laughs> so, we couldn't do both things. 
I, I actually have a question related to the dragon. When Liana stabbed the or giant, when Liana stabbed the giant, the giant exploded. Uh-huh. But then, like later, when Arya is trying to sneak around the castle, she stabs a white in the throat, and the white bleeds on her. Yeah, kind of like the reason aren't interested at all. Yeah, that is true. Let, yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. Take a moment and talk about the logistics and the qualities of these whites because I have a, a related question. Um, yeah. When did the whites become so intelligent and capable of using tools and weapons and thinking and doing all these things? Because they were like not always like that. Well, I would say beyond the wall when they figured out what throwing a stone on ice meant. Yeah. This is this is where it, like I just pipe in and go like in the books. Well, if you do yeah. <laughs> realize that whites do have some concept of memory because they knew. Yeah. when and where to attack like Commander Mormont in his yeah. quarters mm-hmm. and stuff. So they're right. they're intelligent mm-hmm. but like, in a you sense. Know, like finding people who are hiding in the kitchen, I didn't think that would that would be something they would do. But clearly Arya was really important like to kill because they knew that she was the one who was gonna be like killing the Night King. So clearly they just sent people after her. <laughs> if if only the White Walkers who were at the Night's King had a quarter of the awareness of the kitchen whites, <laughs> then this would have ended a lot differently. I mean, are we, are we getting ahead of ourselves if we talk about that right now? <laughs> I mean, whatever. We like this episode. I don't think can have much of a structure, so I say go for yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, after this, I want to go through all the outside the episode stuff. Okay, we will. Like, yeah. there, there's a moment where, when that happens, the first indication you get that something's happened is this. One white walker's hair like moves because the jump oh Arya did was like so fast and like you don't even see her and he turns and looks just slightly at what's going on but he doesn't move at all like they don't do anything. No. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's like Arya literally leaped from half court for a dunk. That's <laughs> what this it was fucking Space Jam. I, oh my god! There, there is a little um, doodle that someone found on Reddit that I saw retweeted, and I, I pasted it to you, where it was just this little like drawing of our, the ravens that Bran had summoned earlier actually airdropped Arya in, and that's where she came <laughs> out. Because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, those ravens did nothing. No, no, right? They didn't do anything. And, but then, and what was, but what was Bran warning the whole time? Because he goes into the ravens. The ravens yeah. give us the point of view to look at the Night's King. And the Night's King hates ravens, so they like he like puts his hand out at them or whatever. But was Bran still like in the ravens the whole time, or was he doing? Because he was. I warning. think his he plan was to peck at the Night's King with the ravens. No, no one pecked at anything. I thought they might like peck at Viserion. No, I guess anything. maybe they're going south to see what Cheryl's doing because he already foresaw that they're gonna have to go and go back to the squabbling. Maybe I thought he was gonna like. I, I don't know. I was Do thinking something? maybe he, yeah. he he could like. <laughs> Take the ravens and summon Nymeria somehow, like contact. Oh, her? I thought maybe he was She's gonna. Well, I mean, Ghost disappeared into the Dothraki charge. I don't think we're gonna see any more direwolves. Yeah. I think we're done with direwolves at this point. Like that I was the last no, one. No, Ghost survived. He's in the previews. Did he? Yeah. Is he at the end? I didn't. Yeah, he's in. Okay, I, I, I really wasn't paying attention by the end of the episode. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. We don't see him again in this episode. Like, yeah. he he charged off with the Dothraki and didn't come back. He's just in the previews with oh, no explanation. Okay. So. That's really dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought Bran was going to maybe war Rhaegal, but that's just a distant dream of mine. Oh, my God. I know. I thought so, too. Because uh, when he went to work, I actually, like, 
grabbed Griffin's arm. I was really into this viewing experience. <laughs> I was like, he's gonna work a dragon. I'm glad watch. you enjoyed yourself. And Griffin's like, that's awesome. And then it just cut to <laughs> ra- ravens. four ravens. And, Gr- and Griffin was like, um. Kenny, you actually thought they were gonna do something cool? Uh, okay, I just want to speak for a second. Yes, kind of. About overall, I don't like battle episodes. I never have. I think they're boring. I, watching this, was so tense and so losing my shit. Like, I actually found the Night's King menacing. I really? Misa- mm. Yeah. Uh, Kylie, we might have to kick you out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to revoke your books not quite. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I, I've won the war against myself. I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I, when Arya had the raptor scene going on, I was aware of how bad it was, but I was still like, oh my god, is she dead? Is she dead? At the end, I was, Griffin and I were both just like, oh my god, they're dead, they're dead, and like actually reacting to it in a way I didn't think I could on this show. Like, I loved it, and then when Arya stabbed the Night's King, I just... It was like a loud cackle. I thought it was the best choice ever. I was living for it. I was so happy. So I honestly, I didn't notice that it was an overtime episode. I didn't notice anything. I was just so stressed out and engaged in this battle. What's wrong with me? I don't know because I was so bored. So I got. I, I thought this episode was so boring. <laughs> Yeah, I had this. I started watching it like an hour late, so I was already like starting this at like ten, what? and it was I was bored. And like because I, part of that was that I went into it feeling pretty confident that nobody important was going to die, so I didn't feel that tension. And I could I could see that they were trying to build the tension, but I didn't feel it because I'm like all the mains are coming out of this. No, I actually began to believe that all the mains might die. Who what? might die? Did Graveworm die? They didn't. No, no. he's fine. No. He re- he retreated, but the, all the unsolved. Oh, so he's died, actually so. going to get to retire to that, or is he going to die fighting Cersei now? I'm worried he's going to die fighting Cersei, and then Missandei's going to be like, "I told you we should have stayed out of this war." <laughs> but it's like I I think the show be because of the way the show has been marketed and its whole like trying to ride the coattails of A Song of Ice and Fire in the fact that main characters can die. Um, has gotten itself into a pickle because now they have these characters and these actors that they love and they don't want to kill because everybody loves them. But they're also like trying to be shocking and all this. Hey, and Caroline, fan favorite Beric Dondarrion died. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody knows who that is. But it's like but one of the Stark they have sisters that same should have problem died. in Battle of the Bastards. They have that same yeah. problem in Hard Home. Mm-hmm. Why weren't people pissed off about those? They, they loved died. those. I think here, I think at Winterfell, what they the opportunity they missed was killing everyone in the crypts. Just killing straight up everyone who was in the crypts dying. And that being like a like a horrible, like heart wrenching watch. No, I hate uh, that. Loss. No, that would be that would be really stupid. <laughs> no, I think that would have been great because if somebody would have actually died, we could have actually one of the Stark sisters should have died in this. There's, there's no reason any like all the Stark should have like if Arya had sacrificed herself to kill the Night King, that would be something. I would have accepted that. I, I thought oh, it still found it hilarious that she killed the Night King, but okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it would still have been but, funny, but, but it there... would have at least have some kind of like weight to it, where the fan favorite character died to make sure this war ended on their terms. Like, there's... yeah, it's like yeah, I could go for that. But uh, three but, episodes too soon, but okay. Giving me giving me one Jora and one Theon does not enough dramatic satisfaction make for you to, <laughs> well, to justify this eight minute episode. You misunderstand not misunderstand, you underestimate 
how much people are attached to Jorah in the oh, fandom. People are very are attached to Jorah. I can't oh, tell yeah. if you're being sarcastic. No, 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 are they? they are. Oh, yeah. People people yeah. really had gone to that, like, oh, this poor guy, he was, like, friend-zoned in, since season one. And even in the interview after the episode, they were talking about how Jorah's big thing is that he's been, like, friend-zoned by Danny, not the fact that he <laughs> dishonored himself completely and, like, uh, you know, dishonored his house and, like, was a disgrace to his family. Her. You know, because he sold slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the Mormons are gone now. I guess House Mormons just... Oh, yeah, House Mormons is done. Eviscerated. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, House Tarly's done, too. Like, this just happens on the show. I will say, though, none of the mains dying. And I actually had a moment of thinking, like, is Sansa going to die? Like, is Bran dead? I I actually truly believed that could happen. Because of last episode and how that was all framed. What, What about last episode? Because there was so much weight and so much moment to everything that it was like someone surely is losing their life in this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's supposed and to then, be this big apocalyptic event, you know. It's the it's literal the battle for exactly. the fate of the world that they're having right now. So, mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, I, I said last week that I didn't think um, anyone important would die be- based on the idea that you know thinking about the showrunners but like yeah should someone in verse have died yes but it's it's not possible to really i mean i'm sorry like jamie and brienne were under a wave of white jamie should have no it's stupid anyone survived like really like that battle was ridiculous and yeah saved everyone at the buzzer because they were all in near-death situations yeah I mean, Sam was dogpiled like two or three times. Apparently, it's called a low bearing boss. <laughs> That's what the term is called. Really? I've always called it chest rolls, but. <laughs> um, I will say, though, because we began to mention inside the episode, mm. uh, the interview. So, speaking of boring, <laughs> that was that was 10 minutes long. Yes. Oh, wow. And a lot of it is about them openly admitting that battles can get boring quickly. So, Benioff is like, we really wanted to stay focused on the characters. And then when he. <laughs> Listed it, he mentioned like John flying. I was like, how is this a character battle for John? It's really not. John is barely even in the battle. Well, there was this like one moment where like it seemed like uh, hashtag boat sex had this like tension thing because of the whole like revelation from last episode. So it was like at least two seconds long. There was? I did not notice it. When he's just like. Yeah, when he's, he's just like, don't go on that dragon. And she was like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's okay, I guess there was some tension. It amounted to nothing. They opened the uh, the interview by saying, this is the culmination of one of the key storylines in the show. And also everything. Yeah, just like one of the side plots. Uh, and then Weiss is like, well, there's 19 or 20 characters involved, so it gets complicated. Okay. Uh, they kind of so kill are like, of yeah, Mel's there for a moment of hope, but haha, hope is futile. Yeah, yeah, pulls the rug out. They love pulling the rug they, out. They, they yeah. actually did say, you know, they wanted them to have this hope for a few seconds or something like that. I remember like hearing that in the yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was to it was to pull the rug out from under the feet of the characters this yeah. time, not yeah. the audience. Okay. Um, I just I like I'm still flabbergasted that they thought that that charge was a good idea. Then so. they said the plan is important to wait for the Night's King to reveal himself. So then it's two dragons versus one dragon. 
Okay. But then no one could foresee Danny's emotional reaction to the Dothraki, so the plan began to fall apart the second she gets on her Are you dragon. kidding? I, I mean, wait, are they concerned about plan? the dragons getting tired or something? Yeah. <laughs> okay, their plan is to charge the army of the dead with all of your cavalry. <laughs> That's their plan. Wait, and they- Danny actually killing some of them with fire made it worse? Yes. Are they actually trying to see, like, they're actually trying to frame this as her emotions are what yeah. ruined this perfect, this, like, immaculate plan that we had otherwise. <laughs> yep. That's really... Yeah, um, because she's a woman, you see. She's just got so many... And I can say that because I'm the only guy on this podcast right now. <laughs> 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 the, uh... Weiss actually had this amazing moment of talking about Liana's death, and he's like, people probably would have been okay if we cut it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we would have been. Mm-hmm. It was very drawn out. Arya plays a central role to fighting because she's one of the best at it and fun to watch. Okay. But she needs to get smacked in the head because otherwise she's completely unstoppable. <laughs> what? So when she got snapped in the head, that, that rewound the clock on who she was and put her back to her old skills? What? That's the most incoherent thing I've heard for about 10 minutes. Look, you don't what? have to justify why she starts running away from the zombies because they start swarming her. Like, you can say that there's only so many zombies she can kill before she gets tired. Yeah. It's fine. I think they were talking about why she was sneaking around rather than trying to kill all yeah. of them, but there was a lot of them there was coming a lot out. Of them. Like, that was pretty that, clear, I mean, too. that was pretty clear. That was a really incoherent set. That's like Michelle Clapton-level incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> it was, to be fair, there was like cut from a couple different sentences but that was the gist like now that we're on Arya again there's also the fact that they said they were hoping that like when Arya like runs off after Mel gives her all who you're gonna kill people with (laughs) blue eyes thing that people would forget that Arya had run off and then she would just show that's how that works and then it would be really shocking when she kills the Night King like it would be a twist. Yeah, they like purposely cut to other ones and they're like you don't hopefully you forget that Arya Stark ran out of the castle with some purpose and that's the benefit of having so many episodes they also full on were like yeah we planned for Arya to kill about mm, three years ago we've known this i.e. when Jon was resurrected right, oh. right. And, they, and they did this because it would be too obvious if it was John, oh god, so they should shocking. really hang out on the forums. They'd love it. They really <laughs> should have just let him stay dead. Then, if that was the whole point, like if it's yeah. too obvious, they should have let him stay right. dead when they were telling us all that he was dead. Let me say he's got to sit on the Iron Throne. That's the most important thing. So, like, I do have to give them mild credit. Stick hitting paid off, right? Sure. She, she used her two pointy ends. Um, <laughs> Sneak skills, like when she killed the asshole in the Wait, dark, paid did off. Did Sansa right? stick anything I with guess. a pointy end in this episode? I don't think she it, did. So what was the it point was of cut. giving her a dagger and like very pointedly giving her a dagger? The camera like focused on it and like Sansa took it. So they, and there was they decided a moment... not to cut Liana's death, but to not show the payoff for that moment. I guess. Yeah, like there was there was a a scene that was cut that was filmed where Sansa and Tyrion take down one white. And they cut it. It was probably like Ned's white or something like that. Yeah. And oh, they, they can I ask? So or maybe, maybe it just looked Why bad. was Maester Lewin in the crypts that only the Stark Lords are buried in? Also, did the Greyjoys bury him? Because that's who killed him. <laughs> yeah, after they, he died like in the ruins of the castle. So maybe the Boltons buried him. Oh my god, they're the best liege lords. Okay. Um. Anyway, also, this was planned for three years. So like... I have to give it to them that stupid duel with Brienne. Arya had like dagger flipping skills on display. But if they were really setting her up to kill the Night's King, 
why was her plotline last year about threatening family members? Like, what? That's they had the nothing for her to do except get that uh, dagger from Bran. That was Acquiring all she did the last dagger season, is apparently. The seating. Oh my god. Like, that, that's how they actually believe they seeded a moment. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just disingenuous for us to actually give it the time of day to say that it was seated. Because it wasn't. It was, it just wasn't. It, it was like they wanted to shock us. I mean, you can see us. in retrospect that they, like, gave her that dagger so they could do this. Well, I we, guess. I mean, we knew that when she got the dagger, she'd be killing somebody with it, right? But the, yeah. the fact of the matter is... If she you, killed Littlefinger with it. If her. you want to... No, no, if you she, wanna... it's a Valyrian steel dagger, so she was going to kill a White yeah. Walker. Um, but I, my, I guess my point is, you only seed something when you want it to actually be predictable. So it's kind of like the way the show handled the Red Wedding. Like, they didn't really seed the Red Wedding because they didn't want us to see it coming. They wanted it to be shocking. So they didn't really seed Arya being in this position because they wanted it to surprise us. Which is bad storytelling. So, right. Yeah, because they think it's a good thing that we forgot where she was and we don't know how she got there. Right. Sur- surprises do not make a good story. You can know the whole plot, including how it happens, and still love a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that years and years ago, people used to just release what the full plot was, because then if there was something you found interesting, you would get to know about it ahead of time. Like, George Lucas, I think, published a New York Times article on here's exactly what happens in A New Hope a year before the, the movie came out, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just this like recent phenomenon around people going, oh my god, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Messed it's also up. like the spoiler culture that exists now is kind of what. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I mean they're getting like they're not releasing the episode titles because of spoilers now, and like that's just that's so stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. What if the episode titles was Winterfell? <laughs> like what? Are you doing? It would have spoiled the episode that it took place there. Oh, by the way, one more dagger thing I have to comment on, which is so funky. They said it had to be Valerian Steel that kills the Night's King, and it had to be stabbed in the exact same spot that the child of the forest put the dragon glass blade to create the Night King? It had to be there, or, like, it had to be there because that's the only way to kill him, or they poetically thought it had to be there? They didn't specify that. Like, it has to be the poetic reasons, right? Uh, I mean, they haven't been told that it had to be stabbed in that exact place? Exactly. Yeah. Arya had no way of doing it unless Bran briefed her off screen. I mean, that's possible. Let's think about it. Wait, wait. Because we definitely saw John kill a White Walker at Hardhome with... No, it was... Uh, it was, it was, it was. He just, like, yeah. swung the sword at the White Walker and he shattered. I mean, is the... Like, he didn't stab him. Is the him. implication that the guy that we saw made into a White Walker the Night's King? Like, he was the first one or something? Yes. That was the Night... That yeah. was the Night's King. It's the same actor. Okay. That, it was just that actor without makeup. Uh, Did he create all the other White Walkers himself and the Children of the Forest didn't make any others and that's why killing him shatters all the army? Maybe. Perhaps. He was the one who turned the Craster baby into a White Walker with his finger. So I got a um, ask that was like, if Kyburn dies, does Ungregor shatter? (laughs) (laughs) I also... Thinking about this, because now I'm wondering, like, maybe Bran somehow did tell Arya... Of this weakness. I know that didn't happen, but they had kind of... You a- mean like how he told Sansa about Littlefinger's betrayal? Exactly. Yeah, like, Bran just gives off-screen knowledge. That's his job now. Mm. But I kind of think it would have been a way better ending. And they would have never done this. But if when Arya and Bran look at each other after she did all this, they just both burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like... Can you imagine Bran laughing? It'd be like Data laughing on uh, Next Generation. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, That's why I would have been... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 
But that's why it would have been so good. No, just like a genuine laugh from him. <laughs> that could have been cute. I mean, this is my real question. Is the Night's King... Did he become a Night's King and then happened to grow points on his head that look like a crown? Or did he have points on his head that look like a crown and was therefore elected Night's King? I was just said that the he was the guy who was made Night's King. Like He was the only one that was made by the... Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't seem to have an unusual cranial structure. <laughs> so did the children of the forest make him with a crown built into his head? <laughs> I'd have to watch that scene again to Why does he not have the... hair? The other ones yeah. all have hair. The other ones like have like the white wispy hair stuff going on, but he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. The only thing I could remember when I was watching that episode was that he reminds me of one character from Grey's Anatomy for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's just my random like when I watched that episode in season six, I, mean, I was like, I this guy looks really familiar for some reason. Is he like Dr. McSteamy or whatever? No, no, no. It was uh, <laughs> one of the other ones. I know nothing about Grace Daddy. It's fine. I feel the need to point out as a book stop that, like, there really isn't a character like the Night's King in the books, at least not no, so far. There isn't. Right. So, like, speculating about the nature of this character is kind of useless from our point of view. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the things I feel comfortable with in this season is knowing that we are well out of checklist effect land. There's like there's no way I, mean, like, I don't think to really Brienne being Brienne being knighted was checklist effect. We we yeah, know that's gonna probably. happen. I mean like I think that yeah. the one thing that this episode has proved is that they don't think any of this myth stuff is important. No. Right. That if if anything is checklist, it's gonna be the next three episodes where like who's gonna be the king in the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe like which major characters are going to die before the end. Well, but I like, think we can also maybe. use sort of use some of it as like a reverse checklist. Like, I, like yeah. these things are not going to happen. Like I'm sure that Arya is not going to kill the Night's King if he. Even yeah, well, like, they the definitely books. make it sound like a decision that they made and thought was brilliant. So yeah, yeah. I, because I'm, I bet you, I bet you a lot of money. They rewatched the scene with Mel and they heard her say "blue eyes" and they're oh like, my "Oh my god, <sighs> what if we made it mean the Night's King?" Yeah, and then they like high fived a bunch. I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean that—that that is what we refer to. Do you think that Dave Hill came up with that idea as a retcon? <laughs> so, yeah. It probably was. Dave I don't Hill. think it was Dave Hill. No, actually, I I like Dave Hill more as a storyteller. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah. because he seems to track people existing and like, well, they wouldn't just disappear, right? Yeah, so. I, but like I do think like if. Um, Martin had told them this plot point about Arya killing the Night's King, or the Night's King doesn't exist in the books. But yeah, like they would have Arya, been like, yeah, because they love to spoil things from him for him for some reason. So remember how gleefully they told us about Shireen dying? No, they, they that was they did that to cover their asses because people were getting mad yeah. about Shireen yeah. dying. So they said it was all Martin's <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they did also say that they came up with this three years ago, which yeah. kind of implies that, like, this isn't Martin, because yeah. they also told us that he sat them down, like, end of season four-esque, and went through point by point every character, because yeah. th- it was clear they are going to, you know... And was like, them. I might change this, because that's how I write. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, here's the plan. Yeah. What if we just, like, told them some fake-ass shit? Like, yeah, there's going to be one big bad guy... <laughs> going to be the Night's King. He's going to look like Darth Maul. <laughs> oh, speaking of Darth Maul, I ran out of, like, fingers to count all the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars references. 
Well, uh, like the Ray lightsaber move oh, by Arya was. I mean, I'm not even mad. <laughs> are they still set to make I, Star when, Wars when... films, by the way? <laughs> Just yeah, like slightly off topic. Actually... Because they're so good at world building. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, the Lord of the Rings, like, I really thought that Urukai bearing the Olympic torch was going to show up <laughs> for the lighting of the train. I mean, didn't the director say that he was uh, really inspired by the Battle of Helm's Deep? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like Which it's was, fucking obvious. Yeah. I swear to God, like, the reaction shot of the scared people in the crypts, okay. I think it was just reused footage from Peter Jackson. <laughs> oh, have we talked about Sansa and Tyrion yet? <laughs> he's scared New Zealand people. Yeah, let, let's talk more about Sansa and Tyrion in the crypts and the oh, shenanigans. Let's not. I mean, I'm so, like. The, like, the thing is, like, while they were married, like, the relationship didn't seem very important to either of them. Like, Tyrion was preoccupied with Shay, and Sansa was just, like, being doing a prisoner. Nothing. Yeah, I'm just like she cried when her entire family was killed. But they <laughs> joked about sheep poop that yeah. one time. But like it didn't seem like they were bonding all that much. But except for they the were, sheep shift in or like, whatever. Yeah, in season four, episode ten, they do have this little walk and talk scene. No, not episode it's not season four, season three. Yeah, episode three. ten after the red wedding. Has yeah, happened. that's the sheep shift, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like this is before he tells her that his family murdered her entire family. So... Yeah, isn't that what he was planning to murder his political adversaries? Yeah. Or people yeah, who yeah, yeah, him and were like, him, yes. Cersei? Yeah. No, he, he said specifically he wasn't going to kill them, Kylie. Come on. He just wanted to play pranks <laughs> He's on gonna them. He's going to put poop, yeah. Right, and oh, then that's what she that's said so about the Yeah. Okay, but this, this this dialogue between them, Sansa's like, haha, maybe we should... Or yeah, I think one of them Tyrion says, says that we should have stayed married. Maybe we should have stayed married. Yeah. And Sansa goes, you were the best of them all, which, okay, he's in good company with Ramsay. So. I think she meant the best of the Lannisters. She meant, I think she meant Joffrey and Ramsay specifically, like the guy she was engaged Why to. Why the, the guy best of them all? She's had two. She actually was married to. I guess best of her forced romantic pairings. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, but you know, it would never work between us because of your dual loyalties with the Targaryen queen. And then Masanda just throws shade, which I don't understand if that was shade or not. I missed, I like, I misinterpreted initially when she said, um, it would never work between us. And he's like, he's like, why not? And she goes, because of the dragon queen. And at first I thought they were still going with that thing that like, she was implying that Tyrion's in love with Daenerys. So it could never work with him and someone else. But then, they got Missandei got mad about it, and then they were talking about well, loyalty. So I like I, I are they not doing that Tyrion in love with Danny thing? That was only Peter Dinklage. They're Dinklitch. not. No, right. that was never a thing. That was just that Peter, Peter Dinklage misunderstanding what was happening. And I think okay. I'm not sure that Mel is right about they would all be dead if Deadpan didn't show up. They'd be slaves. I mean, what would have what would have changed? She'd still be a slave. I mean, Mel, like yeah, Mel would still be a slave, but I think she specifically meant like them that went. I think you mean Missandei. Missandei. I'm sorry, Miss. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so Missandei would obviously her life would be different if Mel, if Danny had never showed up in Flavor's Bay. But I mean, if she hadn't showed up at Winterfell, what would be different? I mean, the like, White really? would have failed, I guess. And what would that mean? Right. <laughs> Your king in the north would be dead. At that point, it was like the middle of the battle, so maybe it was still kind yeah, of. Yeah, like- I mean, no, it's just like, 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 like Kylie said a while ago, like. Arya killed them so at the buzzer that I can't imagine the battle being like any worse if 
all of Deadpan and her armies hadn't shown up, you know? Like, so... But I well, think I that mean, Unsullied actually like, did you, do something to hold off the army for a while. Why they were outside the walls, again, we still don't know. Yeah. But they yeah. did, like, manage to, like, coordinate the retreat and, like, help everyone else fall back to the actual castle. And then that didn't end up mattering because the army can just swarm the walls. Yeah, Danny took out a lot of them. Like Misante's right in a sense. But like, and it when was you especially... have like when you have like a hundred thousand zombies, does having like ten thousand fewer really make that much of a difference? Yeah, it's, yes, it's, it got it's, them to the buzzer. How much? How much the script needs them to have at any given moment is the size of the army of the yeah. dead. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I, we okay. If if Danny didn't exist, then you know the Night's King wouldn't have been able to topple the wall. Whatever the the okay. point was, super weird uh-huh. that Sansa was making at all. Mm-hmm. Because, like, why is she shit-talking Danny kind of in a public setting? Or at least implying, like, oh, there's conflict. She was just outside on the battlements and saw Danny flying around with the dragon? Like, if nothing else, this whole season, Sansa has been courteous in front of people when she's needed to be. Uh-huh. And it's behind closed doors to John mm-hmm. or well, like, Sansa, to Danny, even. Sansa, like, you know, wants the Northern Independence stuff going. Sansa is the only person who could like imagine what might happen if they win this battle is yeah i get i get that but sansa would never have said that to a room of like mixed supporters like that in the first two episodes she very purposely didn't and if they had stayed married like would Tyrion have ever met danny (laughs) i just think sansa's counterfactuals are very strange (laughs) like sansa's scripting was complete garbage this episode because she was basically cersei in blackwater congratulations here she is actually in a position of authority yeah she is not doing anything to lift morale she's actually Mm -hmm. you know kind of focusing on her own political future and musing about like her political adversaries and then she just did jack shit all episode and they cut the one scene that she did in the show how much did she actually do raise morale things in the Battle of Blackwater because I haven't seen that episode raised, in a long time. She led a sing-along. She yeah. sings. She led a song. It yeah. wasn't like the books, okay. but she led a song. It was It was still like she was being nice to people yeah. while Cersei was being absolutely okay. So I mean, I think like, yeah, it was mostly about how Shay couldn't curtsy, so. <laughs> so Kylie, is it my understanding that you're suggesting that the uh, showrunners fundamentally misunderstand Sansa Stark? <laughs> no, I am suggesting that specifically Benioff and Weiss misunderstand Sansa Stark. I'm shocked Codman, by that. I'm, shocked. I'm, I'm suggesting that they misunderstand the entire source material. <laughs> I guess I'm just annoyed because it kind of seemed like Sansa settled into this character that made some sense for the first two episodes. And, and all of last season, if I'm being honest, too. But no, remember, Benioff and Weiss actually thought they were writing her being like ambitious uh-huh. <laughs> last season somehow. So then this episode, they just make her like snarky and... Like, good on Sunday for snapping at her weird timing, Sansa. Yeah. Like, Danny's out there on a dragon blasting everyone. Um, so in terms, I mean, in terms of the, the crypt, I, so I think, I mean, I think you're right about all of that. I completely agree with you. In terms of the crypts, I think that was kind of like the biggest, and I guess the, the most, um, a technical term I could use would be like the biggest beer fart because it was so highlighted last week. Like, the crypts are the safest place. The crypts are where we're gonna be. It's time to go to the crypts. And it was so obvious to everyone something was gonna happen down there. And then yeah. it wasn't really all that dramatic. And like, I think, Kylie, I think you said earlier, all, only red shirts died down there. We didn't I think really then, I think because if, like, that, uh, that scene that was cut was to be included, then that would have been the big thing that happened. Like, if that, if it had actually mm-hmm. been, like, the Sean Bean zombie, 
that Sansa and like Tyrion <laughs> take down together, then maybe there would have been some dramatic tension. Like, wait, 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 wait. What? What if they kill one of the whites, like the Maester Lewin white, and then they turn around and the Sean Bean white is just clapping, slow clapping? <laughs> Well, but, but Ned's body was only bones, right? When they returned it, it was only his bones. So, so it's a skeleton. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What all the things in the crypts are like dust because there's like eight thousand years of dead Stark lords and kings down there. So yeah, yeah. How they how are they structurally sound at this point? Like, I feel like they wouldn't even be able to hold form. Yeah, I mean, who, uh, what about is like the grandfather and um, Brandon, or there even bodies to bury? Brandon, there would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rickard Ricard, Ricard would have been. So. Maybe they like buried an urn. Yeah. Ugh. There's, there's just like this like slowly creeping pile of ash <laughs> that's creeping towards them. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's awful. When the Night King is killed, the ash just explodes into more ash. Uh, okay, so Julia had a lot of questions about. Yeah, this I'm looking at. The I mean, I think we've touched on most of them. Is there anyone that we didn't hit on specifically? We talked about Jorah, right? No, we no, haven't. Not really. We talked that he was well loved, but he died. And we talked about Mel turning into dust. Oh no, oh. we haven't. We haven't talked about that. I actually liked yeah. that, and I, I liked it largely because it was the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's just like I'm so confused, like about how they're tracking like magical destinies. Oh, speaking of tracking, because like her magical destiny is to like help Azora High, right? Yeah. Now she's done that, and she's gonna die. Which is, like, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't get over this. This was only yesterday, so I'm still not over it. That like, it, what happened to John's magical destiny? It, it is. None. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the idea that like these prophecies and magical destinies are all just bullshit and they don't really apply. But at the same time, it's like they're. It's hard because there does need to be sort of like an awareness of yeah, your but like genre, at the same time, is... you're taking this whole this whole thing about like his claim to the throne so seriously, right? That's the thing is, it's like you know, if it's a magical destiny, if we're working with some magical destinies, we kind of have to work with them all, you know. The way they yeah. treated so this yeah. is that you know the song of ice and fire thing is kind of unimportant. Where the entire point of Rhaegar and Lyanna having a child was so that this child could fulfill this prophecy. I think they've just missed mm-hmm. that and they don't understand because they think that... But the prophecy the is that he's Liana going to be king, not that he's going to save the world. No, like, the, just... I'm pretty sure the prophecy is supposed to be about saving the world because it's about the war for the drone. No, dawn. I mean in the show. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. The, yeah, the way they've the just treated it in the show is that they haven't really said anything about the prophetic nature of his birth because Rhaegar and Lyanna mm-hmm. were just in love and they just ran yeah. off together because <laughs> they were in love and there was no sense so, of like having a child between these two families specifically because it's significant thematically. Like. Okay. So I I still kind of think there's not going to be an Iron Throne at the end of this show. Really? Like, yeah, because they talked about breaking the wheel amorphously granted for seasons after I, seasons. I, I guarantee you that doesn't mean like destroying the iconography no, of the Iron Throne. They'll break the wheel, yeah. They'll break the wheel because John is different because he can't tell a lie. Yeah, exactly. Right, because remember, like, two episodes ago, they were like, what if the kingdom was ruled by an honest man and a good woman or something like that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, it was basically Davos saying that because he doesn't want Daenerys to be ruling, so he just said, let's have John be the ruler by marrying her. 
because then people will have a good king as opposed to Daenerys ruling in her right, own right. And he can control her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, I think that's so what. So, patriarchy break- exists in that scene, okay? I think that's what break the wheel means in this case, that the, the wheel we're breaking is other people being in power. Yeah. That's- the wheel we're breaking are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> but actually, though. Um, can I ask why people are so mad that the ice zombies are dead with three episodes to go? Like, these weren't well done zombies, and this was not the most interesting part of the show ever. Mm. Well, I'm so mad because. Who the fuck cares? I'm mad because I, like, I never thought they would miss the point this much. Right. I knew they had missed the point, but I had not imagined that it was to this extent. Well, let's talk about that point because. Do you think the books are ending with a nice zombie yes. fight? Yes, I do. I mean, like, you made the comparison to the scouring of the Shire. The scouring of the Shire is one chapter. It's not three 80-minute-long episodes. Mm-hmm. Right, do you want to explain that reference for people that don't know? Oh, so, so the scouring of the Shire is actually cut out from the Lord of the Rings movies, so a lot of people don't know about it. But it's basically when <laughs> uh, the hobbits return to the Shire after uh, the stuff happens in Gondor, like shit's bad like mm-hmm. <laughs> in the shire politically and they have to kind of clean up this minor consequence of the war um and so like i think kyla you made you made a comparison to how like this stuff with cheryl in the south is going to be like the scouring of the shire to this battle with uh the others or the white walkers where he's supposed to call it. Mm-hmm. but like it's it's, it's it's it would be as though like the scouring of the shire was like the entire third movie in the lord of the series Okay, let me read you a quote. Yes. By Martin. Uh-oh. I haven't... This is from 2015. I haven't written the ending yet, so I don't know, but uh, no, it's certainly m- not my intent, to, uh, which is to model after Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. I've said before that the tone of the ending I'm going for is bittersweet. I mean, it's no secret that Tolkien's a huge influence on me. I love the way he ended Lord of the Rings. It ends with victory, but it's a bittersweet victory. Frodo is never whole again, and he goes to the Undying Lands, and other people live their lives. And the Scouring of the Shire, brilliant piece of work, which I don't, un- I didn't understand when I was 13 years old. Why is it here? The story's over. But every time I read it, I understand the brilliance of the segment more and more. All I can say is it's the kind of tone I will be aiming for. Whether I achieve it or not, that will be up to people like you and my readers to judge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that it's going to, I don't foresee a Song of Ice and Fire ending in any kind of pretty bow that wraps things up. Yeah. yeah so I don't, for, I don't, I don't foresee like, you know, in Song of Ice and Fire, Arya stabbing the Night's King and all the whites exploding. Like, that's not something I, I think. There's, there's no Night's King. I, I, I know. I know, but like, I don't, I don't see any kind of anything like that happening that is that neat. And I wouldn't. No, just, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't. I do see it I ending. I don't, like, dispute the possibility. Sorry, go ahead, Mr. Oh, yeah, I do see it ending with the, you know, the big apocalyptic event and the characters that we've been following this whole time uh, saving the world. And the bittersweet <laughs> aspect comes into what personal cost that has on them as characters. Exactly. And yeah. what yeah, very well the world exactly. will look like afterwards is sort of, you know, left up in the air. And that's what the bitter, mm-hmm. that's the bittersweet aspect. Like we don't necessarily know if things have turned out for the better at the end, but you hope for, you know, some amount of goodness. Yeah. That's yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think yeah. Oh, sorry. I just think ahead. that like it's not outside the realm of possibility for me that there's going to be something happening after like some kind of like 
not probably like it'll be as final as the long night war was like i don't think the others are going to disappear forever or anything like that right you know um, i don't i don't think but, this one... yeah like there might be something like you know a little more uh natural like that's not the word a little more like not magical that happens after that like kind of like the scaring of the shire i just don't think it'll be given the prominence that this like the three episodes at the end of the season implies that to be because i think that's that's putting the battle for the iron throne over this battle against the dead right and that is missing the point i agree i mean i don't think that i, I mean like the scouring song... of the shire did not invalidate like killing sauron like the stakes this are... is invalidating killing the knight's king the yeah. stakes are instantly lower in the next episode now. yeah right but they're not going to treat them as lower. They're going to treat them as higher. Yeah. I'm kind of here for it, though. Okay. Because, first of all, I think the northern mysticism on this show has been a complete fucking joke. Mm-hmm. I think the zombies are one of the least compelling elements of this show. And the Night's King, especially. There is one big bad dude. They didn't have a purpose they didn't have anything. Actually, let me read a quote. Uh, this was from Ann Taylor in our Discus comment threads <laughs> on the uh, live blog that we did. I figured out what is so wrong for me. It's not Arya killing Shogun, the Night's King, without context. It's not abandoning all other prophecies and destinies. It's not terribly stupid fight. It's not characters overlasting their point and purpose. It's the fact that the White Walkers could literally have been anyone and totally non-magic because they didn't change one single thing in Westeros. If there were any other human army, it's the same. The society, the system, it all stays the same, apparently. Two days of winter, shit ton of survivors, and 80% of untouched lands will make sure the feudal lords and kings and queens will continue the wheel. No worry about any foreign people who could possibly mingle with the system, a little at least, since they all died nicely without bothering us. That's the problem. The White Walkers weren't any huge threat that do something. They were really just a big army for one of the many, many, many battles in the unchanging world, meaning nothing. And that's missing the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I get I get that you're here because you love the elephants, and I, I sympathize with that. But there are no elephants. That's the entire thing. So <laughs> they didn't get the elephants. elephants. <laughs> there better be elephants. What, what I'm saying is in... In what universe did Game of Thrones have the point for the past? Oh, for sure, yeah, for yes. sure. But I, I just, I did not think they missed the point this much. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of interesting. Like, I'm, I'm surprised by how disappointed I am, which I shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you said at the first, like, it's the title of the show. Should have given it away. Right. Okay. Maybe we're missing the point of their show rather than that. I mean, yes, they're missing the point of the books. Yeah. But they're telling their own fucking story and they've been doing that for a while. That's true. So That's the true. point of their story but is what's not the name the of battle. our show, Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> Please enlighten us. Unabashed book snobs. The, the title gives it away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they have jumped the shark since the season four finale. Yeah. And yeah. It's a less good quality story than the books by a lot in almost every way. But there was literally no other way that this was ever going to go down on the yeah, show. I, I agree of with you. course, of course, it's about Cersei. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? They've put their heart and soul into this character. I'm betting it's going to be about Euron and not Cersei. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> what, if, what if he turns into the Eldritch Abomination that people like prophesize from the books oh or whatever? Just like all of a sudden he goes from hooligan to that. I mean, you I don't think they read that many fan theories on the internet, so I doubt that that's going to happen. Know. I mean, they found R plus like was Jay. 
that's the biggest theory though yeah like i I don't want you to misunderstand and think that i like this story that's being told Mm -hmm. or i'm engaging with this in a more positive way than i am with a song of ice and fire i just think yeah subvert the expectation that this big battle with the undead is going to take us into the finale because that's not what the show is about the show is about the power squabble and apparently breaking the wheel. Mm. So I guess we'll let them figure out how to do that. And at least it'll be fucking fun and well lit. <laughs> and yeah, so it probably will be oh, it's never going to be well lit, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's probably not going to be another night battle. We'll probably just have fights during the day. It cannot be worse. It cannot so, be worse. So this is one thing I was, I think one of the reasons I think I was disappointed in the way this worked out. I think last week on the podcast, I said, I thought Winterfell was going to fall, and then all the armies would sort of go south, and then we'd have our big final battle um, down in King's Landing. And Yeah, because Winterfell <laughs> is not significant at all as a name. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Oh, I'm going to go out in the forums. Um, no, but but I think I was almost like imagining like a bossing say moment from um, Avatar: yeah. The Last Airbender, which is a much better show. Yeah, where it's like it's <laughs> that, and that would have gone. It goes along with like what Game of Thrones alleges to purport, which is this whole like dark, you know, people die and things are bad, and you know, if you thought things were this was going to have a happy ending, you weren't paying attention. You know, Winterfell being overrun by the White Walkers forcing everyone to flee would have been that kind of darkness that they claim to have. And that's why I was expecting it. And I'm like not getting that and getting like, this was a basically a happy ending for this battle because again, like yeah. 99% of the people are fine. So mm-hmm. this was, this was a successful ways. It's bittersweet because some of our favorite characters died. Also like, <laughs> Danny saw snow on the Iron Throne in the House of the Undying on the show. I mean, it's still That's... winter, isn't it? Uh, is it? Because they ended the long night. Is it even winter right now? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, one of the fan theories in the books is that the others are somehow connected to the fucked up seasons. Yeah, the, the, the seasons are, like, um, yeah. suggested to be Because magical. it does seem to be, like, cycles within the long seasons. Like, they're, they're talking about, like, growing crops north of the wall and also snowing in the summer in the north. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like there's, like, seasons within the season. So, like, I think that, that the cycle of the seasons is actually there and, like, these year-long seasons are some kind of aberration. Yeah. So, I just like, yeah. I just like the idea that Daenerys saw a vision of Cheryl's minty fresh breath. Like, that's what that was. <laughs> I mean, okay, so when do you think they had this in, like, actually in mind? Like, when they, when they gave Arya the dagger. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they, they said, said, I, I do believe them that three years they believed, they, they knew that Arya would kill him. Yeah, but did they know how in any way? <laughs> no. Because, yeah, like, why did they, like, they had to resurrect John because that was a checklist. Right. Yeah. And they, they had to have him, like, he's probably gonna, like, in the books, there's probably gonna be something with him and Daenerys. Yeah. Just because. The title well, of the book. Three, three, do they mean three seasons ago or do they mean three years like in time ago? They said three they years said three in their interview. So they would have brought them to 2016? That means. What season would they have been? Six? six, six. Because there was six. two years in between. So six. Yeah, so, so what was six. happening in season six? John was resurrected. Ario traveled back from Bravos to kill. poison all of House No, she just killed... Or to, I'm sorry, to kill yeah, Walter. Yeah, that was that. Time, yeah. They were getting her back yeah. to Winterfell. Yeah. 
Well, they were getting her back to Westeros. Westeros to that, yeah. Anyways. I just, anyways. like, the, the, it's so lost, like, the whole stuff, like, last season, they had Mel talking about how proud she was that she brought ice and fire together, like, it was actually significant. Yeah. Which I mean, wasn't... it was all to set up Arya going back to Winterfell because she didn't go unless Jon was king or something. I don't know. Oh my god, I think you cracked <laughs> it. I think that's why I'm on the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because she only cares about yeah. John. She didn't go back like because lost. she thought that like Sansa was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true. I have a question about, now we're going back to Cheryl's Landing next week, looking forward. Uh, what's the chances yeah. that there's going to be a Filaria rescue mission? Uh, oh, they're, they're she's dead. dead. They're dead. Filaria's not dead. Filaria's in the dungeon being kept alive. We're never seeing Filaria again, no, I guarantee. Filaria's supposed to, supposed to waste away watching her daughter's body decompose yeah. like she's died she's dead right but she's being kept alive they said they're gonna change torches and feed her and make sure she's kept alive and i so think we would have heard something about the I, I, I think back. i think the point we're trying to make here is that as far as the characters are concerned she's dead they're not gonna exactly just like <laughs> yeah expect the fact that she might still be out alive. of sight out of mind yeah oh <sighs> I'm not even upset about what they did to Dorne anymore. Also, just, uh, Theon is not going to kill Euron. That's not going to be the resolution of his arc now. He just, like, died. It's, go- it's going to be Yara. Yeah, Yara's yeah. going to have to do it. And I, that's more appropriate than Theon doing it. They they surprised me with that, because uh, they just decided to pop Theon back into the storyline they withdrew him from for no reason. <laughs> so, Good job. I think that was the more meaningful choice. I agree. But, but he I hasn't agree. been I'm, in the storyline so for years. What's going on in these men's head? I like. I, I want to be a fly in the wall that writers are so badly. I don't think I do. Uh, it's right. like you know, for science, is Stormwind alive? Torment? I think so. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, and Royce is alive. He, he and his giant breastplate were in the preview. Oh, were they? Yeah, that's the secret. It's the breastplate. <laughs> Yeah. So wait, did, so, so who died? Let's count off who died. Jora. Okay, so Ed, okay. Jora, Theon, um, Beric, Lyanna. Lyanna. I think that's I think it. that's everyone. Yeah, in terms of people whose name we know. So all like B, C characters. Like, yeah. yeah. Jora is the Jora and Theon were the closest to main characters. Yeah. That Theon, Beric, I think Theon, Theon is Theon's the only been one who literally was a B like character. walking around in circles since like ever. Yeah. <laughs> But, so Beric was resurrected six times by the Lord of Light um, for for a reason, and his reason was to tank for Arya. Was that yes, the reason? yes. That's what and Mel the white said. Mission. Don't forget about the essential white mission. Everyone had to play the perfect role so that Arya could be at the Godswood, like materializing in the Godswood. <laughs> no, like they had, like, yeah, I remember she had that bullshit conversation with Mel, and then she ran away. And that was their idea of, like, making it plausible that she would show up in the Godswit. Yes. But the Godswit was surrounded by whites and white walkers. Yeah. Like, I know she's really sneaky. But no, but she jumped. No you one you saw she was in the air, so she clearly jumped from a high place. <laughs> yeah, where did she, yeah she, I guess she jumped from a tree. And how far away was she? I mean, we saw how long it took her to get through a goddamn library. Like, like how, how long did it take her to sneaky sneak over there? I, what did they say about the Godswit in the outside of the episode? Sorry, we didn't talk about that. He said that... They just said that they were hoping that people would forget that Arya was coming that way. <sighs> they also said something weird, whereas, like, the godswood is a source of power for those who believe in the old gods. As if, like, Bran actually is charging up there. <laughs> uh, and then 
But to do what? He didn't do anything. He was just bait. <laughs> and then, no, he literally did nothing. <laughs> nothing. And then they had this weird moment of being like, we're really proud of Theon and the and how far he's come. I mean, like, can we picture any way that Bran will contribute more to the squabble than he did to this? I think Bran's gonna die. I thought Bran would die in this episode. I was gonna say, would die we? Here. Although, would it have been more dramatically satisfying? No, he's like the hard drive of the world or something, so he can't die. But wouldn't it, maybe he'll go up north. Wouldn't it have been more dramatically satisfying if the Night's King had killed him and then Arya had killed the Night's King? Yeah, if his being bait had actually meant something. Remember what they said last episode about how he's the memory of the world or something? Yeah, but but that's the whole point of the show is that like bad shit happens and sometimes you lose the whole memory of the world and then you don't have it anymore. Like that's okay. Yeah. It's part just of thinking the story. about how Legend of Korra broke the Avatar cycle only to start it up again and how Yeah. Yeah. That was just so good. Sometimes yeah. it happens and that's okay. Sometimes <laughs> your magical destiny gets fucked up and I mean, by other think- magical things. I mean, I think the point with that was that they just realized that they don't have any themes, so they just decided to state one in an episode last week. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, without Bran around, how will we know the important exposition that we're supposed to get? But only when it's convenient. Poor fucking Davos. My boy. Still just, like, telling us the plot. <laughs> like, here's what's happening now. The dragons can't see us. Oh, he's literally directing talk. us with the the <laughs> flight attendant stuff. Am I wrong to be hopeful that this is an actual turn in the critical response to this show? I think you are, you are wrong. wrong. Yep. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, next week is people are going to... We've seen the bounce gonna... back, like, 50 yeah. times. When the show is this over, is, but what they're saying now isn't that like oh they're being slightly sexist. What they're saying now is that like these stakes they suck are lower. They suck, yeah. Mm. Like they've ruined the plot is what they're saying. I feel and like don't in the next like three episodes are going to get people on board because they're actually invested in Cersei as a character. Yeah, I I think they are. They're just going to be like, oh my god, like. Yeah, it was always about these characters' relationships to each other. Which it yeah. is, but also That didn't work no. for Lost at the end. I mean, I think, Julia... Remember when Lost was about the characters? I think that in, year, in years to come, the critical... Uh, the critical... Yeah, um, after the show is over, that's when the critical but response is going to will it be the next day, ship. like Lost? I don't know if it'll be the next day, but it's like, when you have some distance from it, and then you go back and watch it, it's like jarringly bad at points. Particularly the yeah, that's what seasons. our retrospective series is all about. Right, <laughs> and this so is why we we'll be at the top of our game because we have an entire archive full of stuff that <laughs> all of the stuff people are going to be saying in three years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. It's just like you know, I do think that, and I think that some of like the sexism and the racism and the homophobia like really show when you're like a little bit distant from it. And, like, not very distant from it, but even just a little bit. So I, I do think that that critical understanding is going to change. Yeah. Um, and in, like, 25 years, they'll probably remake the goddamn show again, because all we goddamn do. So we'll get another crack at it. Will we still be there in 25 years, God? <laughs> uh. All right. Well, there's one thing we have to do, and that is play Carol for this oh, week. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the board link right now. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm putting it in chat. All right, so uh, we actually don't have a lot here because no one really talked. Did we have, <laughs> do we have one for a battle? Is there a space for that? Uh, 
Okay, wait. Kind of. We yeah, ha- let's go through it. We have a few things. So dark, you can't see anything. That's like immediate. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, that's... So let's just go through eunuch joke. No, non-versation. No, I wouldn't say so. No, you don't think that thing was uh, Sir- Tyrion said so it was a bit of a non-versation? It was not a non-versation. They were responding to each other. It was a it was a dumb conversation, okay. but they answered each I nominate other. the very short non-versation between John and Danny where John goes... The Night King is on his way, and she goes. The dead are already here. Those that was not a response. Yeah, that was no. But she's saying like you're you're concerned about a, a threat coming. I'm concerned about the one here. That I think that was, I don't a, think response. That was a response. I I strongly disagree on that one. I think I'm it giving was this one to Kylie. Response. Okay, okay. Again, it's a dumb response, but it's still a response. Okay, did Arya smirk? Um, <laughs> I don't no, know. the Night's King smirked. He did. Two women are antagonistic. I guess Missande and Sansa. Sansa yeah. Oh, yeah, each other. I mean, I, I think we can extend uh, Sansa being antagonistic uh, deadpan into this one. Yeah. Well, I think Missande and Sansa definitely satisfies that. So there's one check. Oh, Larry? I don't think so. I mean, he could use his uh, prosthetic hand magically. That was cool. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that was There nice. was at least one yeah, scene. Yeah, he was holding where... a sword with two hands at one point. Yeah, there was at least one scene where he was holding the sword with two hands. I think it just hooked. Yeah, into I'm it. pretty sure that yeah, that was... he just has a grip or something like. I don't think there was a forced John Danny romantic moment. I don't think anything was romantic. No, no. Dead Pants hair doesn't move. That's true. Dead Pants hair doesn't move. Season one or two callback. Yep. Yeah, so many. Of back order. Stick him with a pointy end. <laughs> uh, what? No Ned story that I can recall. Uh, copying Lord of the Rings. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> All right. Sex, nope. So dark, you can't uh, so see dark, anything, can... huh? Yep. yep. Uh, was there a book reference? Uh, hmm. I would say no. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there was. Other than the fact that the Someone long night happened? No. Is that a book yeah. reference? Um, no, one listens, no one listens to Yeah, Santa the title is probably really a book reference, thing. right? What was the book reference? Oh, yeah, okay. The what? The title. The long night. Yeah. Oh, the title, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, check. No one was mean to Tyrion. Like, Sansa was mean to Tyrion because she would immediately remarry him because he has political opinions or something? That's a stretch, babe. Okay. Uh, No one listens to Sansa. She wasn't really saying anything, Mm -hmm. so... I mean, Tyrion wasn't really Bran definitely had a robot voice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Bran's robot voice. Royce Royce had a... Yep. Slow walk across the street. Oh, so much. There were so many tracking shots of people just walking around, like, in the there first were. five minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, there were, like, five tracking shots. Also, shorts. fucking Sam. Oh, my God. Sam was like, no, guys, I killed a White Walker and a Then I have to fight. And awful. then the entire episode is, like, Ed died for him. Jorah bailed him out, like, three uh-huh. times. He's just like, what are you screaming doing? for most of the battle. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's pretty realistic. That's what any sane like, person would do. But he's... Like, he should have just been in the crypts then. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, why set this up at all? Uh, Davos is folksy. Uh, Davos waved those um, sticks pretty folksily. Those were folksy I waving? Think, I think he's always folksy. I think that's just by, like, by virtue of being on screen. Davos so that's just a free space, is that? <laughs> if Dav- I, 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 well, he might not be in the episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, did anyone say the, the long night in the episode? No. I don't think so. No. Uh, I count that as being folksy. Also, there were no subtitles because Melisandre's spells were not translated. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Gendry. Uh, Gendry wasn't looking hot. He was looking covered in right. white. So. He, is he alive? He's alive. He's Why still is Gendry alive. Yeah, he's gonna he, have he sex with like, again. Every, Fucking everyone's alive. Like, he and Arya are going to be end game uh, or something now. Uh, Whites die from, White's normal, die from normal weapons. I actually don't think they because did. Because every, every, everyone had dragon glass and dragon glass kills White, yeah. so... Gentry was hot off screen making it for everyone. Hmm. And then Euron wasn't in it. So, no Carol, actually, huh. at all. I mean, for a, for, uh, for a battle get... episode, it's kind of difficult to really pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Was this the yeah, it's really, was it, this the we all longest know. battle in cinema history they were talking about, or is that going to be the last episode? I, no, it's this one, and I think yeah, and I think there's a reason that other battles aren't this long because yeah. like you do kind of lose interest, and there is only so much. You oh, I was playing, like, I, I was have playing so much Tetris while I was watching this episode, and <laughs> for context, <laughs> so that people know, I. Uh, when the episode airs, it's like 6 in the morning. We watched this episode at 8 a.m. after it's aired. And it's me, my mom, and my brother who watched it. So my mom has to wake me up <laughs> in the adorable. morning to watch Game of Thrones. Aww. I was just Aww. on my phone the whole time playing Tetris because I was so bored. So I want to read my favorite reaction to this episode, mm-hmm. which was from my father, who does not watch Game of Thrones. He watched the episode? he's... Did he huh? watch the episode? Oh. No. I take it from my Twitter feed. There was some kind of TV show on last night. Please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is just precious. Uh, and then I was like, people didn't like it. He said, I see people saying GOT is GOAT. Like G-O-A-T. Oh, no. And I'm like, that. I, you're friends with some old people. But that's that's good with that. So, yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, although my uh, my coworker Cheryl loved the episode. I mean, at this point, even my mother is calling bullshit on this show because she realizes how much how everything is completely pointless, yeah. and they don't care about Look. like thematic sex, exploring themes and characters, and just like oh, exactly, yeah, it's just about stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Like I loved this episode, but season four, Kylie would have been crushed. I know that. <laughs> yeah, and. I was also, like, I don't think we can understate the disgusting part about the Dothrakian and Solid are just all dead. Yeah. Like, Grey Worm's still around and Missandei's still around, and I think there were one or two Dothraki spares that made it back with Jorah. Yeah. But, seriously, we didn't even have to sit with the implications of, like, bringing new cultures to Westeros or anything. It was just, oh, well, they're cannon fodder. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, it's like, the, I think that it's, it's similar to the underlying problem of uh, Bastard Bowl and stuff is that it's the, the battle plan makes so much, so no sense. Like it's, it's like negative sense that it, the battle plan makes. Yeah. I mean, they've always ruins, been horrible with battle plans. It ruins everything. It ruins the whole, because I don't, like the Dothraki could have all died. The Unsullied could have all died. We could have had lots of death in a way that was less offensive if it made some kind of logical sense. If there was some kind of, like, only the Unsullied can hold this, you know, because they're, like, these awesome warriors. So they hold the gate, for example. And a bunch of them die because of the giant that comes in, because that makes sense, because giants are really, you know, destructive. But, like, they Was they it supposed to be super significant that the last time a giant broke through Winterfell, it was fighting for the good guys? No, that's just... 
Well, that's I, the thing I, that happened. Giants so. keep breaking into Winterfell. Because <laughs> Winterfell has one little gate. <laughs> you remember um, that was when um, Ramsay had an open shot and he killed one one. Yeah, yeah. What was that it? Was he had, so he had John. He had the the option of, like John, someone else, and a dying one one. Dormund. It was Torment. John yeah. Torment and a dying one one. <laughs> It's like dying one one definitely. I have no regrets. He just wanted to kill a giant before oh he died. God. I mean, look, life goals, you know. But I don't know. I just felt like they didn't use a a stronghold, a defensive stronghold, as a stronghold supposed to be used. Also, I see in the in the trailer, it's like I'm going to fight the last war. Maybe now is not the time to fight another war. Maybe kind of chill out and regroup and let. Let Cheryl come to you. Yeah, wait for spring. <sighs> yeah. Oh, sorry. If if they like actually hold up in King's Landing, that's a defensive stronghold. That that can withstand like a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah, and like Caroline, you, you have a good point. Like, about... any urgency is gone now. Like, what's There's the point of any line. urgency? Wow, you're right. I don't know, and they they already know about the Golden Company because Larry told everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let. Let Cheryl try to feed them through the winter. See how that works out. And, I mean, you have all those stores because Santa took care of that. And, like the army is all gone now, right, so she probably has enough. Yeah. No, so what did you what did you want to talk about? I was just asking if you wanted to touch on like Cheryl's red velvet dress. Like oh, the red velvet dress. Always. Yeah. I'm hungry now. I want some cake. <laughs> Oh man, it's gonna be awesome! Yeah, no, she has. Uh, so I'm look. It, it popped up in the the trailer for next week, but yeah, she's got like this red velvet thing, and I, I like red is my favorite color. I like velvet. I don't I'm glad that she has a dress that looks slightly different than what she's been wearing for the past. Two you know, years. I'm appreciative <laughs> of the house colors. I try to give credit where credit's due. It's ugly as fuck, but Michelle I think that Clapton might be a coincidence. Michelle Clapton, you know, is doing the best she can. She's with going through a change phase right now, it seems. Or has yeah, this is like a like very metal. Everyone's wearing chains. Yeah. Because they symbolize something, How, how you're right? chained and tied, and sometimes when you're tied, you have chains and they control you, and if you're a slave, you can be chained, but you can also unchain the chain. <laughs> okay, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so convincing. Oh my god. All right. We are somehow an hour and a half <laughs> into this podcast, so we have to wrap up, I'm afraid. But any closing thoughts on this episode or, like, I, being back in the political scene for the last three? I mean, you're totally right about how, like, this is totally the story they've been telling all along. It's just, I don't, like, I didn't think they would could disappoint me, and yeah. they did. So good for them, I guess. They I'd like to give any... I'd like to give an honorable mention to Carice Van Hooten's wig. It did a really good job this episode. Uh, <laughs> but it was also very clearly a wig. And <laughs> was really bad. But yeah, She lost all her baby weight. Like, her face looked so much thinner than it did last time she was on the screen. It was weird. <laughs> She's too good for this. Oh, man. I, I have um, to say, when she rode up, I'm like, yes! It's Mel! From where? Like, her her ice cave or something up north? How did she get there? Like, like a, she like, just like, went past notice? the Army of the Dead? Did anyone know? Yeah, she came in from the north, which is yeah. where the Army of the Dead was. <laughs> so she was coming from the enemy <laughs> flanks, I guess? Um, yeah. Well, 
maybe she went around Moat Kaelin and then went around all of Winterfell to be more dramatic. <laughs> also, book ends. The episode opens with people walking and it ends with Mel walking off to die. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Oh, oh my god, thematic. <laughs> that makes it all, that changes the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I was not disappointed with the episode. I felt things, I felt tension and I didn't think I could in the episode anymore. And like, I'm I'm here for this. I'm here for it all. Like, I don't like there are moments where I can appreciate that somebody was doing a good job. That's about it. I didn't fail. I don't know. I don't attention. Uh, I, was just like, I was stressed. Oh, whoever rendered that CGI, they did a good job. Oh. Whoever blocked that, they but did the, a good yeah, job. Yeah, the, the, the CGI was actually pretty good in this episode. The uh, part yeah. where the dragons I mean, go up into the clouds was really like Yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful, but but the problem with the dragons is because they married themselves to making the dragons great chickens many seasons ago. They're the indistinguishable. They look alike. Yeah, they're absolutely yeah. indistinguishable in the sky, which is unfortunate. Including the dead one. Including the exactly there's which is really unfortunate. If they had just gone harder, even just on Rhaegal being actually green, we would at least have some kind of differentiation. But it, it that's that's a and really it doesn't help that it's dark there, either. Has the show mentioned yeah. at all that his name is Rhaegal? That he has uh, dad, yeah, so. John's dad's name. Ago. I don't think it's been mentioned because Drogon is the only one who's been mentioned as having a name on the show once. Gosh, did she, did she mention their names when they were babies? I think she mumbled Rhaegal and Viserion at one point, but you can't tell them apart. Like, yeah. she didn't say, that white one is Viserion. <laughs> and he's not white. So I can't remember if it's a show or a book scene where she tells her Dothraki handmaidens the names. It might be uh, a book, book, that's book. book scene. Those are the yeah. books. So yeah, I don't think I think you're right. I don't think they've mentioned the names. Yeah, no, they they really haven't. And you know, I I honestly didn't have a problem seeing what was happening on the screen. I watched with most of my lights off, and I have a good TV. But like the the fact that the director said, "Oh no, no, the scene was supposed to be that dark." When oh, you I think really I I forgot see... to mention this. In order to actually watch this episode properly, we had to go into the factory settings of our TV and increase the brightness like by 25% <laughs> just to be able to see what was going on. Right. And, it, and like, that's not normal no. <laughs> or necessary. It's just not. I mean, I saw Endgame on the weekend and I was in the front row at a horrible angle because there were like no seats left. And there's a nighttime battle and I could track every single thing happening completely perfectly because it was fucking lit. Mm. Like, there's, you don't need your nighttime battle to be actually dark. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. I have one. I know we're long. I have one last question. What was what was <laughs> yeah. John's plan at the end there when he was screaming at undead Viserion? Well, he was just gonna die. <laughs> just gonna die. Yeah, like I think a it was just blaze of glory. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this was brought up to me too. It's been established that like. You know, Hall dragons can melt castles, and, like, Viserion as an undead zombie could melt the wall and bring it down. So, John was okay under a rock? What the fuck was that rock made out of? That, that was a rock made out of plot armor. Dragonfire is really anything special in this show either, because the Night King just, like, shrugged it off. Oh my god, yeah, and D&D were like, well, I mean, there's no reason to know that it wouldn't kill the Night's King, but there's also no particular reason to believe it would. But it's mad, but there is a reason, because of the magic. The whole thing about, yeah, the whole thing about, like, dragons and others being foils to each other, maybe? 
But there's also the fact that the the dragons just breathe regular ass fire in this show, whereas in the books yeah, it's very clearly like it's the fire. color, it's the same color as the dragon itself. Like it's, it's like a it's like a metaphor fire. about them. It's like a metaphor like, about Dragon breathes the black fire. It's supposed to be like yeah. a thing. Can we talk about how ridiculously similar the visuals were for the Knights King on Viserion to the Witch King of Agnar oh my God, yes. riding around on his little <laughs> dragon count? There's like one shot where he like goes to swoop and I'm like, I think I've seen this before. <laughs> I wonder if, if if he had hair like the other White Walkers, if it would be removed. <laughs> Wasn't there a uh, review that you read, Julia, where they were like, oh, is that a secret Targaryen? Yeah, because, I, because I, I couldn't tell if they were fire. serious, but just just like asking yeah. if the fact that he couldn't be burned by fire meant that the Night's King was a Targaryen, <laughs> which, no, it's clearly because a Stark. The <laughs> I mean, there is a character kind of like the Night's King who was a... a uh, Lord Commander of the Kings of the Knights yeah, Watch, yeah. like went all rogue, and like nobody knows who he was because his name has been blotted, like Malachites or something. But like it's like thematically, he he had to be a Stark. Yes, we all know he was a Stark. Right. So yeah. Hey, maybe maybe <laughs> Knights King was a Targaryen. Who knows? There were no yeah, Targaryens. Well, I, that fits with the timeline. Like, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I honestly do think the criticism is going to stick around maybe for a week mm-hmm. but once we really get back into it with the Cersei plotline people will just be like oh my god these characters have so much damage to one another it's so great yeah, but what's the, what's the chance what that next week's going to be more wheel spinning I'm going to go with very high I'm going to go with very high yeah. too I, mean, I we think need we can them look to, forward like... to a lot of people walking across the screen in silence for the next three weeks <laughs> and it's actually D&D writing dialogue which we've only had Dave Hill and Cogman up to mm. this point oh really yeah yeah, Dave Hill. Dave Hill was the season opener, which was you know ten out of ten iconic, and Cogman was the warm Wait, milk episode because that's what they always give him. This was D and D, but there's hardly any dialogue. This was D and D, but yeah, like th- this is what they're going to submit for the Emmy in best writing, just like they did for Battle of the Bastards <laughs> when Happy Shitting won. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we have to end it. I'm yeah. sorry, we're just going to randomly. Dissolves I mean, yeah, it's, it's 6 a.m. I really Just should be like getting that. started with my day now. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, no. Okay. Well, all right. Well, a big, big thank you to Musa for joining us at a very inopportune time. <laughs> You're a trooper, but it was four so. when I woke up, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, wow. What are, are you Absolute- like GMT plus seven or something? Five. Five. Okay. So you're exactly 12 hours. Absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, it was a podcast. pleasure being on at long last. <laughs> I'm glad you were here too, because apparently everyone needed to balance out my, you know, overflowing enthusiasm. Yeah, listeners, <laughs> listeners, uh, we're taking uh, applications for new members of Unabashed Book Snobbery because apparently we have to kick Kylie out because she likes the show now. <laughs> Game of Thrones is my favorite <laughs> show. <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for making it this far. If you liked what you heard, you should definitely check out thefandamentals.com where you can find reviews and analysis pieces on Game of Thrones as well as other geeky shows. And Musa is actually going to have an analysis piece up later this week about the long con that was Game (laughs) of Thrones, I think. Uh, Otherwise, you should tell your friend about your podcast. They'll thank you for it, I bet. So, yep, that's about it. I've told so many people I'm going to be on this. (laughs) (laughs) thank you and we will talk to you guys next time bye bye Bye, everyone
Take my word for it. It's bad.